From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope this episode finds you doing well. What is it that you're good at? For me, my passion is telling stories. It's what led me into the news business. I love learning. I love understanding. Something that I've always been drawn to is learning how companies got their start, how an idea can go from a dream to reality in terms of a startup. I know that I wasn't meant to have a business head, but I appreciate the passion and drive that it takes for those who start their own companies and to make it. For years now, I've been following a startup, the idea, a high-tech farming operation based right here in Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky to be exact. Jonathan Webb, a Kentucky native, returned home with the idea to take high-tech farming and open the world's largest indoor farms, the first in Moorhead, Kentucky, sitting on 60 acres producing tomatoes. Jonathan Webb is a busy guy these days. App Harvest just went live recently on the stock market, and he's busy telling the story of App Harvest to people across the globe. We were able to grab a little bit of his time for the podcast. Uniquely Kentucky with Amber Philpot is brought to you by the WKYT News and Weather Apps, available on the App Store and Google Play. Jonathan Webb with App Harvest, the CEO. Jonathan, you are a busy fella. I'm glad to have a little bit of your time. How are you? I'm doing really well, Amber. How about about yourself? I can't complain. You know what I say to people is that if you don't know what App Harvest is, you should know, and especially in the state of Kentucky. You have had uh, an amazing last week or so, uh, App Harvest now being traded on the big board. Uh, For people that don't know what App Harvest is, let's start there and tell them this was a dream of yours that has now become a true reality. Yeah, no, and and love to give you some backstory if you want that. But for for right now in the present moment, we uh we we've set out to to build some of the world's largest uh, controlled environment agriculture facilities. Uh, we're doing it right here in Kentucky, um, and and the purpose is to grow fruit and vegetables uh, with less land, less water, uh, and no harsh chemical pesticides. Uh, in our competition, a lot of people ask, well, who are you competing against? It's, it's mainly the imports from Mexico uh, and produce that's being trucked 2,000 miles from California. So uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but a lot of good support. And obviously couldn't be off to a better start with the, the first facility in, in Moorhead uh, rolling out earlier this year. I think if people have not seen it, um, you just need to take a drive and, and somewhat go near it. And this is sitting on, what, 60 acres um, and it really is, it is impressive when you see it in person. Um, how are things going there right now at the present moment? Going, going really well. And, and that's part of, you know, us listing on the NASDAQ. So we're, you know, APPH listed on the NASDAQ uh, officially on Monday. And we, we raised a, a lot of capital to allow us to the goal is to build 12 facilities by 2025, uh, and all of that is really happening because of, of what's happened in Moorhead. Um, you know, we, we've been, obviously, with COVID, and, and, and we're doing this in the middle of a global pandemic, you know, we've been able to stay on time and, and on schedule, and, and everyone's safe and healthy, and it's been an, a, a huge challenge for all of us, and some of us waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning trying to figure out, you know, are, are there any any concerns or surprises that day? We're doing contact tracing, uh, but I, 
I think part of the reason all this has been possible and the reason we, you know, we were publicly listed is we just had all this outside support from around the world and around the U.S. of kind of scratching their head going, how are you doing this in the middle of COVID? And to your point in size and scale, it was 600 semi-trucks of materials is what it took to build the Moorhead facility. So we had 600 semi-trucks of materials coming in from all around the world, you know, lighting from the Netherlands, you know, materials being shipped from Europe. Uh, and we were able to manage that process of construction in the middle of COVID. Now we've hired almost 300 people on the team um, and, and continue to scale and grow in the middle of this. So it's a testament to the region when people talk about the, the tenacity and ingenuity. It's a real testament of you know, the, the men and women here who just don't take no for an answer and find a way around any challenge. And uh, you know, we've 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 gotten off to a good start in Moorhead, but we have a lot of work to do in the coming years uh, beyond that. Jonathan, you are a Kentucky native. Before all of this, you were working in D.C. You're no stranger to big projects. You could be anywhere in the country doing this kind of work. Why was it important to have it centered here, that first project be in a place like Moorhead? Why was that so very important to you? Well, again, Amber, I don't know that this is happening right now anywhere else in the country, maybe around the world. I mean, we the fact that we were able to do this in the middle of COVID has been just short of a miracle. Um, and I think, again, it's a testament to the region. So why Kentucky? Well, there's easy stuff, which is you know distribution. So we can get to 70% of the U.S. on a one-day drive, which is great for fruit and vegetables. So instead of trucking fruit and vegetables from Mexico, two weeks on a semi-truck, you know, we can get to New York or Detroit or St. Louis or D.C. in a one-day drive. Uh, we have a lot of water. I don't think some people realize how much rainfall we actually have here, uh, but we're able to capture all that rainfall. And really, if you look at a fruit and vegetable, 95% of it is water. So we're able to package up that rainwater into a fruit and vegetable and then ship it out. But thirdly, and probably the most important, and again, I'm not sure this is happening right now if we didn't hit Kentucky and, and specifically Eastern Kentucky, it's just that tenacity of, of just trying to find an answer and working together. And I mean, I, whenever things slow down and I can have a moment to breathe and reflect on all this, it's it's been remarkable from just you know, community members and coffee shops and you know, people and, and every capacity from the local level to, the, you know, again, our international partners, everybody's been at the table just trying to get to a yes. How do we make things work? We know there's going to be problems. We know there's an issue, but how do we get to a yes? And again, I, I, that can-do spirit, I've joked, and it's kind of not a joke, it's almost reality, that it takes four years to build a gas station in L.A., like you want to you want to go build a gas station in LA, it will take you four years to get it built. We built one of the largest structures in the world in the middle of a global pandemic in a year. And can you do that anywhere else in the U.S.? I'm not really sure. I don't think so. But you know, the good thing is we've got investors behind us now that that really believe uh, in the region. And and we've all talked about you know diversifying the economy and you know an innovation economy and. And hopefully, App Harvest is the first step to many other companies you know, that start to operate here in the region uh, as we diversify the economy going forward. You know, Eastern Kentucky is a place that is near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, my first job was in the mountains. I, I know how important this is when you talk about 
um, putting something in Eastern Kentucky. Do you feel, I'm, I'm hearing that from you, that you really feel the buy-in from folks and that they're like, wow, this isn't just an idea anymore. We finally see it and more could come from this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, you know, it, there's no doubt. I mean, the Eastern part of our state was a part of powering the U.S. and the coal industry. And we take that for granted and we just, oh, okay, well, you know, sure that you know, that's possible anyway. No, it's, it's really, you know, coal is not what powered the country alone. It's the people in Eastern Kentucky that were able to, to operate the industry over decades. And, you know, it's going to be interesting in the next decade or two, uh, I think uh, Virgin Galactic announced Hyperloop in West Virginia. So they're looking to build a you know, Hyperloop system there. And I, I don't know what, I, I really am curious as to what's going to happen coming out of this. You know, we, we're, we're a publicly listed company on the NASDAQ. I think there's only a dozen companies in Kentucky that are on, on public exchanges. You know, Papa John's, Humana, Temper Sealy, Valvoline. Uh, and the fact that, you know, App Harvest has been able to be rooted here, build in the eastern part of the state, and list on a public exchange, it's gotten a lot of people's attention. And I'm really curious myself, and I'm actively involved trying to recruit other companies here and telling the world, like, hey, we can do a lot more than build and operate you know, green you know, indoor growth facilities. And I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful that you know, in the next decade, we'll, we'll get several other companies in different sectors to, deciding to pick uh, Kentucky, but, and, and hopefully they can look at App Harvest as an example as to why, you know, why people need to build in the eastern part of the state. I'm starting to see photos on social media, people sh uh, showing for the first time that they're buying App Harvest grown tomatoes in their grocery store. What was that moment like for you when you saw that first harvest, if you will, go out to consumers for the first time? So I don't know that I'm ever the smartest person in the room, but I don't lack passion. And I certainly have a lot of emotion around what we're doing. And I mean, it was tears. I mean, I, I this thing, you know, started, we were in a garage in Harold, Kentucky, and there were three or four of us. And we had maxed out credit cards and virtually no cash in the bank. And that's how the company started. Um, and, you know, I've got, I went to public schools here in Kentucky. My grandmother's from Whitley County. You know, I've, I, I got a pretty humble upper. I got a had a great childhood, but you know, both of my parents have high school degrees. And this has just been absolutely phenomenal to see, and, you know, to see where we were and where we are and where we can go over the next 10 years. And I think the thing for me personally is I'm just one person. We're just one company. There are so many other entrepreneurs, innovators, and individuals across the state that if they can get that strike of lightning and they can get you know, investors to support them, partners to support them, what else is possible here? And, and for me, I lived in DC and New York for about 10 years after I graduated from the University of Kentucky. And our best and brightest are sitting in Boston. They're in New, they're in New York, they're in San Francisco. Maybe some have gone overseas to London. It's time to come home, like come back to Kentucky build our state with us, you know, our best and brightest, you know, come back, come to the state, start a company, be a part of growing organizations. And so what the tomato meant to me, like the fact that the tomatoes are in store shelves is that we've, we've, it's the beginning to a very long journey, but we've accomplished what we set out to do. And we have a long road ahead. And I hope by simply accomplishing that, you know, these 
several milestones we've seen. I hope it inspires other people in the state and other Kentuckians that have left the state you know, to dig in and do the hard work and start building stuff here. Because, you know, Amber, if we don't build it, no one's coming in to do it for us. So, you know, we can all talk about issues or we can talk about where this is going in Kentucky. What's the next decade look like? Well, it's only going to look like whatever all of us decide to get together and work on together. So uh, hopefully our tomatoes are, are nothing more than a little bit of inspiration that, you know, if you put a good team together and, and you work hard, you're going to have ups and downs, but we can accomplish goals. But hopefully it inspires other Kentuckians to come home and, and build good businesses here as well. Jonathan, I don't know how there's not enough moments and minutes in the day for you to get done all the things that you need to get done, I know. But as you're building uh, this, this great venture, you are also taking time to give back and, and you are making sure that young people in this state have an opportunity to kind of be that person like you to later on in life do these kinds of things by going into the high schools now and taking these sort of grow trailers, if you will. Is that what you're hoping that these kids eventually will be that next group of folks to do what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly passionate about it. My, my sister's worked in foster care. Uh, my father grew up in a children's home till he was 12. You know, I've said I went to public schools here. I went to our public university. But when we talk about the biggest asset and resource in the region, it's the young minds. And, and we've got to put technologies in school. We've got to you know, mentor and, and offer pathways to young people. Um, it, it's, it's something I'm incredibly passionate about, uh, given my you know, personal life and my family. Um, but it's just, it's the right thing. And, and we've got to figure it out together. Technology's moving rapidly. We've got to put technology into schools. Uh, and, and yes, we're focused on agriculture technology. So we're, we've invested $150,000 at Shelby Valley High School in Pike County. Uh, we, we've done a similar uh, investment in Rowan County and another in Breathitt, uh, where we have technologies where young people are growing inside of a, it's almost like a shipping container with, it is a shipping container with technologies to grow on your iPad and iPhone using software and sensors to grow leafy greens. But what we're trying to do is show young people, this is what agriculture looks like 10 or 15 or 20 years from now. And if we're not getting in the schools early, I was actually on the phone with several faculty at different universities in Kentucky yesterday. Young people, they think, do they want to be a doctor? Do they want to be a lawyer? Do they want to be an accountant? But you have to plant the seed early or they don't even know what a doctor, lawyer, accountant is. Similarly, in the technology world or even in ag tech specific to us, if we're not putting technologies into high schools, then by the time that kid's a senior or maybe a freshman in college, even if they went to college, they've already kind of decided where they're maybe wanting to go. And by the time they're a sophomore in college, they're starting to really decide their career track. So this is, you know, we need universities changing curriculum for master's and PhD to four-year degrees to community colleges, you know, all the way down to high schools and maybe even eighth grade where we've got these pathways, technologies are in the classrooms. You know, young people can understand there are, you know, there's different opportunities in the world that they can walk into. But if we're not collectively working on that together, it's not going to happen. And, and it's definitely something that we're incredibly passionate about at App Harvest. And we think you know, for us to build and grow our company, we have to be involved with education because we have to make sure young people are, are prepared and understand what this industry is. 
We've got a little bit of time because you are a busy guy. So I've, I've got the timer on because I want to get you on to your next uh, venture here. One of the things you just said, I might not be the smartest in the room, but I think that guy is very smart when he surrounds him people his, or surrounds himself with the right people. You have done so. You went and lured away um, David Lee from a po Impossible Foods is now uh, the president. You have Martha Stewart on the board. Those are some incredible names to, to be able to have on a startup like this. Yeah, it's it's been absolutely remarkable and humbling. It, it's I, I, I've had a lot of people, investors, and, and different you know CEOs ask, well, how, why? And and I think the world is craving companies that aren't motivated simply by profit. Every company has to make a profit. We know that, and frankly, that that's a no-brainer. But to be a company 10, 20, 30 years from now, you have to be fundamentally ingrained into real problems in the world. And for us, it's, it's a lot of different problems. It's you know helping solve you know food security issues, having better nutritious fruits and vegetables, being involved with education early on. Uh, and I, I, the company itself, I'm not sure anyone has gravitated towards this mission if it weren't for the larger efforts. So yeah, David Lee, who just joined the company, he raised 1.5 billion dollars from Possible Foods over the last five years. He's been based in San Francisco. And we just got him to, to leave his job and join App Harvest. Martha Stewart's on our board uh, and, and a whole deep bench of really talented, smart people. Uh, and I think it goes back to mission and purpose. I, I really, and especially in COVID, everybody's trapped at home. People are trying to think coming out of COVID, how can I be helpful as we get out of COVID? What can we do to work together? Uh, and our company has been very fortunate. We haven't just raised a lot of money and we're not just building, but we have a general purpose and mission, which frankly, it goes top to bottom. It's not just at the board level with Martha. I, I, even people inside of our facility, entry level you know, jobs, people understand the mission and what we're working towards. And again, I think it's just bringing dignity and respect to the workplace. Everyone at App Harvest has full health care. We pay for everybody's premiums. Uh, everybody has a living wage. And that's an investment in our workforce. I mean, it it hits our bottom line. We're spending more upfront on it, but the ROI on that investment, like the, the people being genuinely motivated to help solve problems day in and day out, it's it's worth every dollar we're spending. And and you know, I, I'm not sure many of the bright people involved today would be involved if it if it really weren't for the purpose behind the company. It says a lot. I've been following you for years, and I could sit here and pick your brain for many more minutes to come, but I won't do that. My last question to you, Jonathan, you have worked so hard. You've got so much ahead of you. You have big goals. When will Jonathan Webb be able to step back and be able to kind of soak this all in? I know that you haven't been able to do that yet, but is there a time when you envision being able to do that? Well, 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and my fiance can tell you that, but uh, in the midst of all the other chaos, uh, we, we got engaged on the farm in Moorhead right the weekend before the pandemic hit and and we're going to get uh married in, on august 14th so I, i'm working hard with the company to make sure by the time the middle of august comes i can take a little time and, and focus on on, uh, on on personal life and, and getting married so but as, as far as everything else going on with the excitement of the company and and building uh you know i'm fortunate enough to to be able to 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 have a have have a good get together later this year in August, and, and hopefully hopefully by the middle part of 2021, uh, I can I can take a couple weeks and, and just uh, you know step back and, and look at what we've been able to build. But right now, Amber, 
we're in the firefight. We, we're, we're building uh, really big, really fast, and, and, and we're trying to go as quickly as we possibly can. And, and uh, there's a lot of momentum around us. And, you know, it's not just our investors. It's we don't want to let down community partners. We don't want to let down our international partners or the state support locally. So everybody's working really tirelessly, really hard to, to make sure we make people proud, not only in Kentucky, but the supporters out of Kentucky. But I hope to God by August, I can take a week or two and, and try to take a step back. But we got a lot of work to do in the next six months. That's for sure. Will App Harvest Tomatoes be on the menu for the reception? Uh we we have a whole lot of really good ideas for for our food at the at the wedding and uh um we've got some good guests that'll be coming to kentucky so it, it'll be a fun time we'll we'll, de we'll, de we'll definitely be celebrating tomatoes at the wedding i'm sure. sure you will jonathan webb the ceo of app harvest thank you for your time and thank you for what you're doing here in kentucky and for just um the vision that you've had and really shining a big um, bright light on the state and hopefully helping um, other folks down the road for what they might want to envision for this state later on in life. Well, Amber, thank you for having me. Thank you for highlighting stories in our state. 